Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. It was 1997 and I was working as a freelance book editor. Because if you're a hypercritical perfectionist who lives in their head like me, you may as well find a way to make a living at it. <laughs> so one day I was driving to pick up a manuscript from one of my author clients and this was in Boulder and it was a very cold, gray, snowy day. And I may have been going a little too fast, um, but as I exited off the freeway, all of a sudden I could feel my car start to slide. I had hit a patch of ice and I'm panicking because I can't remember, are you supposed to steer into the slide or away from the slide? I can't remember, but it doesn't matter because the car is out of control no matter what I do. And I feel it moving quicker and quicker and my heart is pounding out of my chest and all of a sudden, wham, the car just slams into the median and comes to a sudden halt. And I just sat there stunned, adrenaline still surging and I'm kind of taking stock and I realized I had been thrown forward but I was wearing my seatbelt so I hadn't hit anything and the front of the car was kind of crumpled but not too bad. And I just kind of sat there in a daze until cars started honking behind me and I realized that I was blocking the exit and I had to move and luckily I was able to move my car and I just went on with my day. I went to my appointment and I kind of downplayed the accident and I had a lot going on. I was planning an event that night and there was just a lot to do as usual and I was trying to ignore the fact that my head kind of felt like it was in a bucket of molasses and I was just really shaky. I, I just thought, you know what, when I get home I'll just take some rescue remedy, then I'll be fine. <laughs> but over the next few days, I kept feeling worse and worse. I was incredibly lightheaded and dizzy and woozy and nauseous and weak and confused. I tried to edit my new manuscript. Um, it was a guide to divine feminine wisdom, and I'm reading it and I'm just not getting it. <laughs> I would read a sentence, and then I would read the following sentence, and I would totally forget what the sentence before had said, and it just none of it was making sense, and, and then the words are just a mishmash, and, and the letters are just meaningless squiggles on the page, and I'm thinking, wow, this is really bad. I'm supposed to be making this book perfect and I, I can't edit, I can't even read. And it didn't make sense, like, it felt like I had a concussion, but my head didn't hit anything. So I didn't know what to do and I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll just take some Arnica, then I'll be fine. <laughs> the next day a friend came by to visit and he saw how hard it was for me just to form coherent sentences and how close I came to fainting when I stood up and he dragged me, resisting the whole way, to the emergency room. And they gave me a full exam and asked a lot of questions, including if I had ever had any concussions in the past. And I remember vaguely in my fall, there was this one time I was um, 20 and I was in Egypt. And um, one day I was on the street in Cairo and a man carrying a heavy metal box accidentally slammed it into my head. <laughs> and I was climbing the inside of the Great Pyramid and I bowed.
bashed the top of my head against the low ceiling. And I was riding a horse that was galloping full speed when I got thrown off and landed on my head. This all happened in the same day. And if I ever go back to Egypt, I'm wearing a helmet. So I was really woozy for a couple days, but I was young and resilient, and I got over it. I thought I got over it. But as it turns out, the brain stores traumas, and they're cumulative. And now I was feeling it with this little accident, which seemed like nothing. Um, but it turns out that the force of the whiplash had thrown my soft brain against my hard skull. And I had what, as the MRI showed, and what they were calling a mild traumatic brain injury. Mild traumatic in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> to me, mild describes like dish soap or salsa, not the traumatic <laughs> So at least I had a reason for why I was feeling so terrible. And I thought, you know what, I just, I'll get through this, I'll just lay low for a week or so, and I'll get a session of cranial sacral work, and then I'll be fine. <laughs> But in the meantime, I was having a really hard time because I lived alone and I did not have the energy or the focus to be able to shop or cook. And so I was living on power bars. And after a few days of that, my body desperately needed some healthy food. And I knew I couldn't put it off any longer. I had to make the trip to Whole Foods. <laughs> so I drove there and I got lost twice on the way. This is a place I've been a zillion times. And I walk in the doors and immediately I'm assaulted by this barrage of stimulation, the glaring fluorescent lights and just all these sounds, claiming shopping carts and little kids screaming for candy at the bulk bins and Billy Joel on the sound system and, and just all these like colors and shapes and labels I couldn't read and vegetables I couldn't identify and it was just all too much and I could feel my nervous system shutting down and, and I was lightheaded and everything's turning gray and I knew that I was seconds from passing out right there in the produce section. I knew I had to get off my feet fast and I saw that there was an empty area underneath the kale. There was no one by the kale because this was before kale was kale. So I quickly got down and just hungered down on the cold floor and closed my eyes and covered my ears and whimpered and just waited uh, for my head to stop spinning. And after a while, I slowly got back up, but I was still feeling overwhelmed and confused. And then I saw Eve, a woman leader from my Jewish spiritual community, and she took one look at me, swaying on my feet and glassy-eyed, and she just looked horrified. And she's like, Donna, what's wrong? And I said, oh, I just had a mild head injury. Um, I'm fine. And you know, I was totally embarrassed to be seen like this. And she said, what? What are you doing here? What? I would be so happy to bring you food. What? Um, other people, I'm sure many people would be happy to bring you food. Why haven't you asked for help? Listen, 
I'm, I didn't say this, but I'm thinking, I'm the kind of person who brings other people food. I did not want anyone to see me like this. I, I was a big doer in this community, very involved in leadership capacity, and, and I was just so ashamed to be seen like this, kind of vulnerable and helpless, and there was no way I was going to ask for help, and I also didn't want to be a bother or a burden, but she grabbed my hand and she said really intensely, Donna, when you don't ask for help, then you're denying other people the mitzvah, the, the sacred gift of being able to serve you. I'm coming by with soup tomorrow. Well, I knew that I could only tolerate help from others for a short time, so the next time I saw my doctor, I asked him how much longer, how long is it going to be till I'm back to normal? A, a month? Like, how long? And, and he just looked at me and he said, you may never fully recover. With your history now of cumulative brain traumas, you know, you should know that you're also at higher risk for future head injuries. And um, the fact is, you'll always be vulnerable. This felt like a curse. And I just went into a total state of despair. By now, I was living off my savings because I couldn't work. I had, had, I had to quit all my volunteer work, so I just felt totally useless. I had been in the middle of rehearsals for a play with my comedy theater troupe, The Kosher Hands. <laughs> and um, I had to quit because I couldn't remember my lines. All I had, I took all my energy just to go to all my various uh, healing practitioners. I just felt like damaged goods, and I blamed myself for the accident and for not healing more quickly. One day, months into this, I took a slow walk down to Boulder Creek, and by the time I got there, I was very dizzy and weak, as usual. And I sat down under a cottonwood tree. And I watched the endless parade of Boulder Uber athletes bicycling and running past. And I just felt totally ashamed of how weak I was. And I felt that life was passing me by. And I just sat there and I just thought, I hate this. And I, I hate my damaged self. I just, I hate this. And I was just in that cycle of hating it, and after a while I was exhausted, and, and then I thought, you know, it takes a lot of energy to hate something. A lot of energy, and I don't have that kind of energy to spare, and how would it be if I could just let go of this resistance just for a moment, and just kind of be, and accept my reality that I can't seem to change, just to pretend that it's okay, just, just experiment. So I did. I just took a few deep breaths and I surrendered. And after a moment, I was aware of the sun warming my face and of the trees supporting me from behind and the ground holding me up below. And I felt my body infused with these waves of tenderness, this loving kindness and compassion just coming up and radiating all over towards myself for the suffering I'd been going through. And these waves of compassion kept expanding 
until they, I found them going out to reach everyone who was struggling with head injuries. And then just kept getting bigger, and I was just feeling so much love and compassion for everyone who felt broken in some way, or just not enough. And then I moved to a place beyond words, just to a place of pure being. And I knew in that moment that I was whole. It was two years of lots of treatments and a lot of asking for help and constant surrender before I was well enough to step back into normal life. But by then, I knew that I didn't want to revert back to the controlling, perfectionist person that I had been before I got knocked out of my head and into my heart. But it's an ongoing struggle. And even now, 18 years later, I still have a hard time accepting and revealing my weaknesses. Like, for example, even preparing this story. I started feeling that this intense pressure for it to be perfect, and I knew it wasn't going to be anywhere close to perfect, and that put me into this total dizzying panic. And then I just had to remind myself that it's not about hiding behind some perfect facade. It's about knowing deep down that I'm okay just as I am. And then showing up from that place to offer my real self with my gifts and wounds and all of it. I keep coming back to those words from my doctor that I had heard as a curse. You will always be vulnerable. But now, I choose to hear them as a blessing. <laughs>